So if somebody just was like, "Oh, Reminiscence," that's like top three. I would have. I would be like, "What did you see, man? <laughs> yeah, what did you see? Because yeah, I missed that. We must have yeah. missed. I, I didn't get the memo. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it can it can be cool, you know. I mean, it's like that's that's yeah. It's not sports. There's not a winner and loser, you know. Mm-hmm. So, except at the box, yeah, your letter. <laughs> that's true. what's going on everyone my name is kenneth jackson and welcome back to cinevibes welcome to a very special episode uh trey why is this episode so special well ken i'm glad you asked this episode is special because we are on number 50 50 50 episodes what of cinevibes how do we get here Man, I'll tell you, it's, I, first off, I got to give my hat off to you, Trey. You can literally have my entire wardrobe <laughs> because of the amount of editing you have been doing. Editor Trey, it's been a running gag, I, it, but it's absolutely true. You've been doing an amazing job at editing and keeping me on track. Honestly, everyone behind the scenes, I'm a mess. Uh, and true. Trey, he's... He's fantastic. He's an amazing producer. If you ever are needing any producer on a film at all, uh, <coughs> Steven Spielberg, <laughs> get this man. He is one of the best uh, at keeping everyone on track. And honestly, you, Trey, you are the reason that Cinevibes is still here. Because for me, I I have the attention span of a squirrel. <laughs> and uh, so... Dang. Thank you so much for keeping me on track and keeping us here to the 50th episode. Wow. All those kind compliments. I'm, I'm crying inside. <laughs> inside? Just kidding. I'm crying everywhere. <laughs> no, that's, um, that's really nice. Uh, it, it's a team. I guess the dynamic. We bring something from two different perspectives well, mostly two different perspectives. Obviously, we're both uh, white guys in our 20s, but outside of Hell that, yeah, brother. <laughs> uh, you know, we have different lives and interests and stuff, so that's mm-hmm. what makes Cinevibes is the dynamic and the top-notch yeah. content moments. And so, mm. yeah. Chef's kiss. I do some technical stuff, but... It's worth doing because of what we're able to do together when we record. So uh, I appreciate mm-hmm. you coming week after week into the studio Man. that is our closets. And, yes, uh, me ha- with my hangers and my yeah. coats slapping me in the face the entire <laughs> Just episode. Sweating to death over there. <laughs> I'm like pooling with sweat, and Trey's like, "Are you okay?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. It definitely is a nice dynamic we have. And, uh, I mean, I keep coming back because I just love talking, uh, with you, Trey. And I love talking with our guests. I love talking about films and making films. 
and it's just so nice. Yeah. But yeah, with that being said, today we're also breaking down the films that we enjoyed in 2021. What we liked, what we didn't like. I get canceled <laughs> once or twice. Uh, <laughs> Only twice? With my... You know, I, I, I lost track. <laughs> so let's just say it's twice yeah. and hope that uh, I, I still have accounts tomorrow right. morning on social media. Um, yeah, we break down 2021, some of the films that we liked, didn't like. And then we also we jumped into... Uh, the Oscars. We jumped into some yeah. of the stuff that some of our predictions, mainly the prediction for Best Picture, wh- who, what we think is going to win. Uh, some of the surprises that we saw in some of the nominations may have been brought up here and there, and just our general take on um, the nominations themselves. Uh, yeah, and then we just delved a little bit into 2022 as well, anticipations. Right. And we were joined with our good pal Gavin along the way and mm-hmm. he uh, brings a lot of great insight to not just the movies that he liked but just to the conversation and having those uh, I'll call them happy disagreements where we agreed mm-hmm. to disagree about our thoughts on <laughs> a few of the movies and uh, mm-hmm. it's just a fun time talking with him as always and so without further ado let's dive in how do you feel be- being on this particular episode? Uh, elated. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> Slide him but what five dollars across the table. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what are we going to be doing on this episode, Trey? So, we're going to be diving into movies, like a lot of movies. Are we? Okay. And that's why it's titled "Movie Extravaganza," which nice. we think it is. We're yeah. going to look at everything 2021, best picture nominations, our favorite mm-hmm. films, maybe some we didn't like so much, letdowns, standouts, and just really do a recap of last year in film ahead of the mm-hmm. Oscars here in the next roughly month or so from when this drops. Yeah. So what better person to do that with than the movie extraordinaire himself gavin so that's right we brought in the experts what you uh, well yeah I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to be here <laughs> i just want to right off the bat 2021 for you guys what was it like movie wise were you able to watch a lot did you feel like it was a lower year than maybe some other ones i know gavin 2017 we talk about a lot Mm-hmm. How does this yeah. rank up? Um, I thought it was probably better than last year, or mm-hmm. well, twenty twenty. Yeah, um, most and things not, were. Yeah, and <laughs> not as strong maybe as nineteen, but that was partly because my two favorite films of twenty nineteen were nom- they like they were the top dogs for the Oscars. So like that was fun because that had never happened to me before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it was a good year, I think. I think you. I've missed, I counted about 10 movies that I still want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, the ones I saw were you know, mostly great. So yeah. What about you, Ken? That's good. Well, 
I feel like for me, films and watching films, uh, I did my best to get to the theater as much as possible this year. Uh, and I think it picked up a lot more towards the end of the year for me, mm-hmm. um, just because the way my schedule shook out. Uh, but I was, I thought it was really good. Uh, I think, of course, 2020 just was not, it was not a record setting year for me as far as films. So I think that 2021 was really good. Yeah. What was your tally? Do you have that number? I know we um, all rocked the letterbox accounts. Man, so I picked up my letterbox a little little bit late. Uh probably around November uh or October. Yeah. Ken's a so, casual. He's a casual. Yeah, I, I'm a casual. Uh, I'm not over here with a thousand or two thousand films on my letterbox just pro yet. Account. <laughs> but uh, I, I do not have a tally for you. I can tabulate and get back to you uh, <laughs> at some episode. point. <laughs> my thing is, I can tell like how much I wasn't working based on my letterbox. Ah, oh, yeah. Because like you know something like October. Mm-hmm. I watched seven total films. Wow. Mm. Well, six because I saw Dune twice. Yeah. I mean, it was just like nothing. So. Yeah. I don't even know how to see a previous year, so maybe you should just move on from that one. All right. <laughs> I think uh, I had somewhere around ninety, eighty, something like that. 90 new ones? Yeah. Mm. Whoa. I only wow. keep up with new ones. Rewatches, I don't count. Oh. Yeah, so I watched 91 out of 128 films were not 2021 releases. So 37. Oh, I see. Yeah. But that's still new to you, right? Not rewatches? Uh... Yeah, I'm not sure. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, I doubt they were all rewatches. Did you there see that on Letterboxd? Yeah, I just went to the stats. And it showed you 2021? Yeah, but I don't I don't really know how to look at just 2021 stuff. The actor I most watched was Lawrence Fishburne, so there's that. Mm. You rewatched all the Matrix movies, didn't you? That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, some amount of movies. I don't know how many we watch, but yeah, we watch enough to form top tens. Probably not mm-hmm. necessarily what the Academy wants or what yeah SAG wants or whatever the other awards are. But from you guys' list, did you see any certain trend? with the types of movies that you tended to want to watch. I know for me, I didn't really get into superhero movies. Mm -hmm. I just kind of was like, eh. And I don't know if I'm the only one, you know, aside from Spider-Man. That's, you know, everyone saw that, obviously. It just passed Avatar, I think, Mm -hmm. for top domestic gross. But, I don't know. I just watch a lot of kind of quote unquote basic dramas. Nothing yeah. really fancy, but like strong acting. Mm-hmm. Where did you guys tend to 
want to go in your smoky oasis? <laughs> um, for me, I mean, I I usually stuck to uh, the mainstream on this. Uh, there may have been one or two films that deviated deviated a little bit, but most of what I watched uh, tended to be on the larger scale. Um, but I mean, I'm looking at this now. I watched uh, The Little Things, which was a 2021 gig. Mm-hmm. And so that's not huge, but I mean, it had Denzel Washington. So I'm definitely going to watch that. Uh, Rami Malik as well. Uh, then, you know, I watched, of course, Dune. So some of the big hitters, it, I never, I didn't really deviate too much. There were some avant-garde stuff that I watched that was on streaming, but nothing, you know, I I don't think I tried or at least maybe subconsciously I did, but I'm just not realizing it. And I'm going to need a uh, therapist to psychoanalyze my (laughs) film review and my, (laughs) my letterbox to figure out, but nothing in particular. Yeah. I watched a lot of heavy stuff, I think. (laughs) Like yeah. just looking, looking over it. Uh, well, part of it was because I had COVID at the beginning of the year, uh, like straight up, like January. Yeah. Mm. So I watched like just a ton of movies I'd never watched, uh-huh. and they were all hits, just absolute bangers. So those those are just more like, oh, I need to have that checked off. I need to watch this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they were going to be good. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, even including like the Godfathers. Oh, uh, you finally watched them. Yeah, mm. yeah, the beginning of last year. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. I think I remember you saying that. Um, and stuff like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Escape from New York, like these are movies I've been told are awesome. Yeah, and they mm-hmm. were, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, and aside from that, like I had a Cronenberg uh, phase. Oh. I watched like four or five of his movies that I knew I would like. You and watched, I did. You watched Crash? Uh, no, I didn't watch that one, actually. <laughs> uh, I've heard good things, but... Um, like, History of Violence and Eastern Promises, those were the mm. my two favorite ones, but... Um, yeah, lots of, lots of random kind of dark stuff. Nice. With uh, the parent trap and what women want mixed nice. in. You know? Some sprinkled in. <laughs> <laughs> What uh, 2021 release did you watch that you thought was going to be awesome and just kind of sucked? Or Candyman. Mm. Mm. Dude, that was not fun. Really? Yeah. I loved everything about how they marketed that film. Mm-hmm. And Graham and I had seen the original Mm-hmm. And I thought it would be kind of a throwaway horror film. It right. slaps. It's oh. so good. The original. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the way they marketed this new one, I was like, boom. They got Yaya. You know, Jordan Peele's producing. It's going to be good. Mm-hmm. It's got to be. Man, I just could not get into it. You saw it in all. the theater? Yeah. Like Dolby or something? Probably. Could Still check my letterbox. nothing. I just... Yeah, AMC Dolby Northlake. Yeah. August 26th. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, no, I just didn't like it. So that would be an easy one for me. Mm. What about you, Ken? Um, 
for me, my most disappointed one, I don't think there was one I was particularly disappointed about when I saw it. Um, I feel like the closest thing I could come to being, uh, I mean, it's not even disappointed. It's just different. Um, I, and it might be controversial, but (laughs) I liked Dune, but I feel like it was hyped up so much. And while it is a very uh, masterfully made film, I don't know if it particularly uh, had my interest as much as I thought it would. Yeah. So... Beyond that um, visual spectacle. Yeah, so it was beautiful. I made like direction wise, I think it went in a lot of directions I enjoyed, but uh you know, I don't think it it didn't blow me away. And that's all so the that, time we have for Ken, everyone. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I'm canceled. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Give it yeah. up for Ken, everyone. <laughs> and well, this is now uh train. Let's talk uh, about Dune for a little bit because you knew we were going to. Mm-hmm. I know Gavin, you watched that uh, at least twice, maybe three times in theaters. Um, yeah, I think most people I know did that, and I watched it just once and thought it was amazing and beautiful and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I might tend to lean towards Ken, but. Only from the sense that it's such a big world and there's so many complex characters and names and stuff. Mm-hmm. I kind of just got lost at times and that frustrates me when I'm watching a movie. Yeah. And that's on me, really. It's not a knock on the movie. And mm-hmm. if I would have watched it more than once, I'm sure I would have picked up more of that. I know people read the books and stuff, so they had that going for them. But yeah, what... Like everyone's bummed about Dune not getting, you know, nominations in the Oscars and stuff, mm-hmm. in certain categories or for Denny and Best Director. Mm-hmm. Like, what is it about Dune that everyone's like jaw on the floor? All right, Gavin, come on. Uh-huh. <laughs> I feel well, like I've already laid my cards down. <laughs> uh, well, I think really the director was the only thing it did not really get nominated for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think maybe like wardrobe or hair and makeup, what they weren't see? nominated. Maybe. I don't Was know. Was it nominated for sound at all? Yeah. 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 It's got some of the technical It's got really good All the sound. below the line stuff it was nominated for. He, yeah. He who put it all together did not get nominated, which, uh, no. So like I saw it, I saw it three times in theaters and I saw it again at home. And for me, it was I, I, that was just what was going to happen, and that was that was during my busiest stretch of work. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I just made myself go back. Yeah, one because it's a spectacle. Like that's mm-hmm. why yeah. you go to the movie theater. To me, yeah, um, there are lots of there are lots of movies that you can watch in the theater, and it's great. But you don't really have to, you know. Um, mm-hmm. The Dune is like one of one. I mean, it is why you go. Yeah. For me, the other part of that too is Denis is my favorite filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'd just be kicking myself. I think I only saw Blade Runner twice. Mm-hmm. And dude, I was kicking myself like months later. I wish I would have yeah. seen it like every day of the week. 
Exactly. And so like, I didn't want that feeling. The other part, I knew nothing about Dune going in mm-hmm. other than the sandworms and spice or whatever. Mm-hmm. The thing that was most refreshing to me that I had not been getting from big tentpole movies was it's it's one of two movies because they're mm-hmm. making a second one. Yeah. But to me, it felt so standalone. Right. I have not felt that way from a big IP in years. Like when I left Force Awakens, I was like, good movie. Mm-hmm. But like part of me was just waiting until the other ones came out. Because mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, the story is just not done. Yeah. Right. And so I was like reserving judgment on those movies until I finished the story. Mm-hmm. But with Dune, it did just feel so standalone. Right. Like I could watch it the way I watch Lord of the Rings. Mm. Yeah. That's okay. interesting because I've seen the opposite where people really felt bummed at the end because they thought it didn't even get to like a placeholder or like a comma. It just kind of left it with, I don't know if dot, dot, dot is the right kind of feeling mm-hmm. they had, but I don't know. I don't really care about that because we all knew there was a part two, like mm-hmm. that was the plan with that movie. Yeah. And rightfully so. <laughs> yeah. It's apparently, again, I haven't read the books. Sorry, everyone. But apparently huh. it's a dense story. And Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, to try and, with how confused I was at times, and I'm just talking mm-hmm. about names. Like, you know, I want to remember someone's name or mm-hmm. like what their affiliation is, what faction or whatever they're with. Yeah. Like, to try and make that movie into one. Mm-mm. Like, what the freak? I mean, I guess that was done in some part. Well, they, in that, they, they tried it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, I don't want to get into that one. That, that one's. Let's let another, that one live. <laughs> Can of worms. But yeah, I think it. it's a shame, though, that a movie like that has such a niche audience. Mm-hmm. Because we could talk about Spider-Man right now for just a moment. It's gotten enough praise and everything elsewhere, but like everyone went and saw that. But Dune, in all regards of visual spectacle, why you go to the theater... Beats mm-hmm. that, like, yeah, nine out of ten times. So, for that not to get the same amount of kind of recognition from moviegoers is a bummer for me. I think. Hmm. Yeah. For yeah. me, I mean, the question that was brought up about Dune uh, was it feeling like um, that you know. Gavin, you said that you felt like it was complete, that it was a story, a standalone. I honestly felt like it was more exposition when I got to the end of the film. And I feel like it might be because I knew that it was going to be continued in the next film. Uh, Just purely because as someone who's read the book and I know the true end of the story, I, I feel like I knew, you know, when it was nearing the end... It's not going to wrap everything up. 
And I was like, so it's taking its time. And that's why I'm happy that they're doing a second part is because the world is so complex in the book that it just maybe mentions in the film in some bits and pieces. The book is extremely political. <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's, it's political, but it's also world building. But it has to do with these families uh, and uh, these dynasties feuding over planets. And that's the reason for the whole conflict over Dune. And uh, it's mentioned in there, uh, of course, with Harkonnen. And the all of that's mentioned. It's brought up. But it it just didn't culminate to a, a the climax that I know it's going to be. So, but as far as the film itself, I thought it was really good. Uh, but I just felt like I did have that dot 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 because of my prior knowledge of the storyline. Yeah, I think another thing I had heard from people was that had read the books is they felt like it took so long to get going, mm-hmm. like before they leave. Uh, the planet Atreides, whatever that planet's called. Mm-hmm. Um, like It's like 25, 30 minutes into the movie or something like that. And they're like, you could have just solved this in like a one or two expositional conversation and just jump right to Arrakis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, that's the sign of a true master, man, is yeah. Denis takes his time. Yeah. And well, he knows where and when to take time. What I liked so much about this film that the other film, I that I don't think it addressed as much and that I'm glad they addressed it, uh, that Denis did it, was the box, the scene with the box, with uh, the, whatever the mother name is, um, with the veil. She, that whole scene is iconic in the book, but the original film kind just didn't really have it. So I enjoyed that. It also had some other bits and pieces that I really enjoyed uh, that were not that were important story plot points to get you from point A to point B. And so that's one of the reasons I'm happy there's a second part so that you can see all these little bits and pieces that are extremely important and they're all well done. Yeah. I think uh, part two is where... Kind of like, I guess, well, not fully how Lord of the Rings was, but part two is where Dune's going to win all its awards. Yeah. Like, that's it's where all of now, it's going to come together. Yeah. I don't think it's going to win much. Maybe like the sound or visual effects or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, people are just going to wait until the next one. Is it coming out next year or the year after? 23. 23. 23. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, all the anticipation will be building for these two years. And yeah, it's just, it's a unique kind of larger blockbuster, if you will, in terms of budget film as compared to actually most of the ones I watched last year, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. What about just films that kind of, you weren't anticipating that much, but you watch them and they kind of blew your socks off. Is there any of those from 2021? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was, for me, honestly, I've seen some backlash on this one, and Uh -uh. uh, 
at least some people that have a uh, very opposing opinion. So I feel like it the door swings drastically both ways. But man, since I've seen Nightmare Alley, I just want to watch it again and again. Like it just I I really the, when I first saw it, my I panned it for being slow going with the exposition, which I think is true. But at the same time, the way it just pays off in the end is so good to me. I think it just yeah. does amazingly. And then the production design and everything are just fantastic. I think it has one of the best endings in the last like several years. That mm-hmm. ending, and you can see it mm. like building to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, dude, that it was not to no pun intended. That was right up my alley. I mean that <laughs> yeah. that that was so good. Yes, you can maybe see it before this, but I know the first time that I really saw how it, it was going to end was once he gets on the train. Mm-hmm. And you know, I won't say anything else beyond that. Although oh, yeah. the ending's like literally just floating around everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, I literally, I wasn't super emotional throughout the rest of the movie because it is a pretty slow burn and it's just kind of, it's a mm-hmm. masterclass in lighting. It, I'll yeah. say that much because every mm-hmm. single shot is perfectly lit. Oh, yeah. But you see him getting the train there and I got a, mo- I just like, my eyes started welling up. I was like, this freaking guy like yeah. Don Toro what is he doing man like he knows how to make a movie mm-hmm. and I don't even like the genre he works in but yeah. I like his movies and I think that says something Hmm. yeah so that was it for me that was my yeah that's a not good really one. expecting too much I think I I think I had started tracking it on IMDB Pro uh whenever it first came into production. So I've been following it. I mean, I think what piqued my interest with it was Willem Dafoe's mm-hmm. attachment to it. And I was like seeing the, the cast just fill out. I was excited, yeah. but I didn't expect that from it. And honestly, I may have a three and a half on letterback letterbacks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not Canadian um, letterbox, but I'm going to probably change it to a four, four, yeah. you know, four and a half. As it is really good. a little bit. Yeah. And then uh, if I, if you may indulge me, my second one. Yeah. Uh, one more was, thing on Nightmare Alley though, before we move on, unless Gavin uh-huh. has something. I, th- I think this is true, but I think that's Bradley Cooper's last acting role. What? Like he said on a few podcasts that, He's shifting towards directing, which he's been doing. Mm. And the only, like, this came about and, like, it's Del Toro, so, like, he took it. Now, it's mm-hmm. kind of the same way when he did the little spot on licorice pizza. It's mm-hmm. like, it's PTA, I got to do it. But yeah. I, I think he, I mean, I'm not saying he's not going to do any more, but he's really, like, shifting away from acting. Mm-hmm. And what a last performance. If that Man. is perhaps his last like large role performance, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I had no no prior knowledge to him leaving. So yeah, now I can go cry. <laughs> Which at sucks because he's like one of my <laughs> top five like actors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's your second one? Ah, my second one was I I was looking forward to it because of the cast. Of course, I'm a huge Denzel fan, so. I went and saw The Tragedy of Macbeth and 
it's Macbeth. So I was like, let's see how this goes. And honestly, I was blown away. It's the only one with a five on my letterbox right now. So shoot, it's it definitely gets the fiber. And I love that film so much. In the theater, I was, even though it's Macbeth, and you know what's going to happen, I was just jump jumping in my seat at everything. Yeah. At everything. Wow. <laughs> Gavin, what was your review on that one? <laughs> I, I do. That movie is not for me. Mm. I, that dialogue, oh. I just, I can't hang. And it's totally me because everything else about it is 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely. Like I was sitting there in the theater trying not to fall asleep and was just kind of wishing I was at home. And it was like a Vimeo video that was uh-huh. being that was being narrated in English, like like our English. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I, that dialogue just takes me all the way out. Like I wish there had been no dialogue, which defeats the whole purpose mm. of Shakespeare. But that's just me, man. I'm just not mm-hmm. a Shakespeare guy. Yeah. Do you think a movie like that, even though it was made into a film, do you think it kind of caters to a theater type of audience, people that really enjoy that? Like I know, Ken, that's something that you're into. And people like Bryce, I saw he had a really high rating on it. What do you think? Mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, I think people that are fans of Shakespeare, I mean, if you're going to do Tragedy of Macbeth, there have, there have been some adaptations and other such of uh, this story itself um, just recently as well. I'm trying to remember uh, the most re- fast bender, I believe, was the lead in the uh, the last one okay. uh, that was made. I can't remember the director, but this one. Uh, it, it, so Shakespeare, I think it does cater to a certain audience depending on it, it's kind of like listening to classical music. Like when you're because it takes a certain amount, a large amount to figure out the dialogue in these in all of his works Mm -hmm. because if you're just someone that comes in from the outside to listen and to watch this film no it makes absolutely no sense at all you're like why are they speaking gibberish uh but what i loved about the film so much was the fact that if you're just watching them perform i feel like you get a sense of exact exactly what they mean even though you're like i have no idea i haven't heard i haven't understood a single (laughs) sentence since i've seen the credits at the beginning yeah (laughs) Yeah. there's very much i think it's like i mean you're we're saying the same thing but like to me it's more like big band or jazz where Mm -hmm. you're you're sitting there and you're listening to it and you're like i get it yep yeah yep you're you're still doing it i get it man and that's Mm -hmm. just me with with shakespeare dialogue it's i just wish they had stopped Mm mm-hmm it's phenomenal acting, I guess. But like, that's the thing. It just took me out. Like I couldn't, I think Denzel's nominated for an Academy Award and it's no disrespect to him, but like the whole time I'm just like, is this good? Like, I can't tell because, because my brain just can't, can't cope with the dialogue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a me thing. I've actually found that with other films that are in English, but like Mm -hmm. hardcore, like, Irish ah, dialect or something. Yeah, really like some really, in the weeds yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And 
oddly, I find most of those charming, but mm -hmm. I also am like, I don't know any of these phrasings. I don't, I don't know <laughs> how. So maybe it's a similar thing where when you just, if it's not how you talk or how you hear stuff, like it's difficult yeah. to That's how keep I felt when, when I watched Clockwork Orange for the first time just recently, I was like, I have no idea what they're saying, <laughs> but sure. We'll we'll go with that. <laughs> Captions. There you go. Uh, one for me, I've got two. I might say both. Yeah, I'll say both. The first one was old. Okay. M. Night Shyamalan. He's had, in my opinion, more misses than hits, just for me. Mm -hmm. The only real... Big, well, I guess he's had two. I really love Signs, and mm -hmm. I really loved uh, Freak. What's the one, the sequel to Unbreakable? Glass. Shit. Yeah. I glass. liked Glass a lot, and I haven't seen Unbreakable, which, what, you know, that's neither here nor there. Anyways, Wait, did you mean Glass or Split? Oh, Split, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. With the, um, yeah, Split personalities and all that stuff. Just, Crazy, awesome acting there. Anyways, old. I was like, cool idea. Mm -hmm. Could suck. <laughs> Very much could suck. I don't. I love. Actually, the reason I watch it is because I love Alex Wolf. Mm -hmm. I've watched like all of his stuff he's been doing since you know Naked Brothers Band or whatever. And uh, I remember that night I went to see it. My wife, Johanna, she went and saw like Black Widow or something with a friend, and I went and saw another movie. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I hope I don't regret not going to see that, because apparently that was pretty good. And, man, it was a ride. Mm -hmm. I loved Old so much. Like <laughs> I've never been, at least this year, so captivated by, I guess, a subject matter. Like the idea mm -hmm. that it was presenting and how cool that is. Right. And to see someone age from like a child to death in mm. like this hyper real time over like mm -hmm. the course of 45 minutes. Yeah. I haven't seen that before and it's done so well. Yeah. Like that's so difficult. I don't even know how to think about shooting that my gosh it's what a it's like all right today we're shooting when you're uh 12 and then tomorrow we're shooting when you're 25 and then the next day you're gonna be 60 it's just like i don't know i i was really blown away by it mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's a really cool and then the other one i love matt damon yeah. He can do no wrong. Some people disagree, and that's fine. But Stillwater. Ah, I really love Stillwater. his performance in that. He like took a kind of roughneck-type character from Texas that would probably be pretty abrasive to most more liberal-minded folks. Mm -hmm. And kind of showed how when you put that stuff aside and like he's focused on just his daughter and like 
getting mm-hmm. her safely home. And you just kind of can really empathize with him, even if you don't agree, because it really takes its uh, it takes time to show you that he's like, you know, a red-blooded American Republican type. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I, I thought he had such a cool story arc. And the way that movie ends is pretty wild because... It's unexpected in a lot of ways. You always imagine like homecoming as being a exciting thing, and then the reality was he kind of has left thinking maybe he made a mistake, mm-hmm. which is crazy because this is his daughter. But if you yeah. watch the movie, you'll know why. And um, yeah, just you know, great all around casting. I thought and. Yeah, really awesome. Nice. Still haven't seen it, but your recommendation comes high. So, yes, that is going on my watch list. Yeah. I guess we can kind of transition to before we get into the Oscar talk. Mm hmm. I know we all had a movie that we were like, this is going to freaking rock. And it did. Mm hmm. Let's just go with one each on that, excluding Dune. Because I know you thought Dune was going to rock and it did for you. Uh, Yeah, so I was actually going to use this. My expectations for this film were like, I expect to enjoy it a good bit. Mm-hmm. But my takeaway was, geez, this <laughs> is like, this is so beyond good. <laughs> and uh, you can actually take this movie like either way like bad or good to be honest but it's malignant James Wan's film mm. it it is so it's like if you watch it right and the first three minutes if you are not into it ju- I just just turn it off mm-hmm. like really because you're just not either locked into what he's going for and you'll hate it yeah mm-hmm. and I just don't want anyone to go through that right. because because th- just because it's like he clearly intends it for it to be campy, which mm-hmm. can be misconstrued as bad. Um, but it's not. Yeah. And, dude, like the first five minutes, I watched it with Graham uh, in the theater because he had seen <laughs> it. And he was like, you're going to you're gonna have a good time. And I was like, okay, sweet. <laughs> and, uh, dude, five minutes in, I was like, this might be the best movie of the year. This is so... <laughs> so good nice but again it's campy so like you could watch it and be like yo this is trash yeah mm-hmm. uh because that's just like what camp is is it kind of rides that line but it's it's basically camp horror with a master in control yeah right. i mean this dude yeah. did the conjuring insidious aquaman and very clearly like warner brothers was like all right, look, you made us a billion dollars with Aquaman. What do you want to do? And he was like, <laughs> I'm gonna make I'm gonna make camp horror, but shoot it like the conjuring. Yeah. So it's gonna look it's gonna look like fifty million bucks. What is camp Ugh. horror just for anyone that might not be aware of what that is? I mean, it's one of those things I don't have like a legit technical definition. It's just like for me, like I just know it when I see it. Is it like certain things that like structure wise or the genre in itself? It's just like absurd. Okay. Mm. 
Um, and yes, I did just like Google that, but like that is the, <laughs> that is like the appropriate defense of it. Is it just, it's just absurd acting. I feel absurd, it's outlandish. Totally outlandish. Yeah, yeah. Like not realistic. Um, and again, in the first five minutes, you will know whether you're into it or not. And so, which is good. But, I yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, but like for me, man, that movie again, he's just a master. Like he he has full control of what he's trying to do and it's not everyone's thing. But <laughs> damn if it isn't awesome. I mean, like <laughs> mm-hmm. I I I've I've watched it I think 3 times just at house cuz it's on HBO Max. Yeah. And I'll just turn it on because there are just moments that just have me in stitches. Like I'm just rolling laughing. That's awesome. And and like why why wouldn't you want to make something like that, you know? It's like yeah. super hyper violent, but you're like laughing hysterically. It's a great combo. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I I had that on my radar in terms of I knew it would be one to watch out for, but I haven't seen it. Mm. What about you, Ken? Man, I'm still thinking about Malignant. I can't, I, as far as I have not seen it, but man, I wish I wasn't a scaredy cat. <laughs> Didn't he do a James Wan do a Fast and Furious movie also? Yeah, I think he did a couple. Such a Furious Seven. Oh wow, one of the better ones. He's good, man. Yeah, I think I was gonna just talk about how I think he gets kind of the bad end of the stick or whatever the phrase is because I don't know if people like think he's like a joke or something like quote unquote because he jumps around from like these I know he's done some lower budget horror films and then like does Fast and Furious and Aquaman or whatever I mean he is the modern king of horror like straight up I guess you could make the the argument with Flanagan who's doing all those Netflix shows and movies I wonder if it's because he's that title. When he does something else, people are like, oh, look at this guy. I just, yeah. I don't know. I don't get that because he's done other good stuff. Yeah, I mean, he created Saw, which like defined, you know, a decade of, yeah. of really horrible copycat horror films and uh, Insidious and Conjuring and just these blockbuster horror films. Yeah, I mean, a new Saw movie came out this year, or last year, I think. Spiral, right? Yeah. yeah. Didn't watch Still, it, but... <laughs> no. Hey, Chris Rock. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I've got one while Ken's pondering life. Well, I I don't think I have one that can particularly say I, I thought it was going to be amazing and then it was amazing. I don't think there was one that was like that for me. Uh, there was not one particular film that I was like dying to see. I mean, Dune was one of those and, you know, I I really wanted to see it and I saw it. Crafted bed for you. Well, it wasn't bad. <laughs> we We've... I'm canceled. A, I understand this. It's about a 51 to 49 <laughs> ratio. I, I've mentioned that I do not love it, so therefore I hate it. Right. Um, you can't be in the middle of these days. <laughs> but yeah, Dune was my most anticipated. So uh, yeah, that was the only film I was truly like looking forward yeah. to. 
a lot of people won't know what this movie is probably. I have no idea what it is. (laughs) (laughs) But Blue Bayou? Blue Bayou. You mentioned that in your text, and I I thought you were mentioning some song or something like that. What is that? The trailer for that movie had me just a watery mess. I saw it the first time in theaters, I think. There's a shot where he's riding his bike, and I'm just like, like, what Mm. a freaking shot. Mm -hmm. And... It's just one of those, like, grounded dramas. Like, mm. this guy is a Asian guy that's trying to stay in the country. Like, his, he was born here, but his adoptive parents didn't sign the right papers or something legally. So mm. now as an adult, he's about to get deported, and he's got a a girlfriend, a kid with her, another one on the way. Mm. And he's like, from the beginning, he's on the way out. And it's just a beautiful story of what someone would do for their kid. Yeah. And the, gosh, dude, the acting. Mm. There's a scene at the end of that where I genuinely think if someone doesn't cry or at least <laughs> feel like the emotion that crying brings, uh huh. Like you're not, you don't have a pulse, like you're dead. <laughs> Cause it's just, ugh, man. So yeah, that one, as soon as I saw the trailer, I was like, yep. And then as soon as I saw it, I was like, yep. And I love it. Nice. Yeah, that's on my watch list now as well. Was that marketed at all or? Very, very little. It's, Uh, I mean, it was in theaters for maybe like two weeks or something. It was made by Focus. Which sucks because it's got Alicia Vikander, who's an Academy Award winner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like hardly, I think I saw the trailer. I mean, if I was seeing the right movie, I would see it playing in the theater. But by and large, like I didn't see it on TV. Yeah. Mm. Man. But I'll need to watch it though. A great yeah. role for her, by the way. Like, considering like stuff she's done, it's kind of a departure from a lot of that, which is cool. Nice. Yeah. So I'm looking at it now. Directed, written, and also starring. Yeah. Like, Just Justin Chon. And that's a whole. Not to dive into it too much, but there's something to be said for when at least the writer is the director. And yeah. or also acting in it. Mm-hmm. Like talk about getting the most clear vision from someone. Yeah. That's when that you have happens. A lot of control yeah, over yeah. it. So I'm glad and someone gave him a shot to make that. That's awesome. All right. Oscars. Canceled or no? Nah? Canceled. <laughs> I guess they, um, and they're I, back. And I will they've not got, expound. I've got three hosts, <laughs> so we're back. Right. Um, Why didn't they get us? I know. Freak, we could have know, easily dude. been the best hosts. Someone mentioned getting a three Spider-Man. Oops. Spoiler if you didn't. Oopsies. Well, I guess you knew there was three Spider-Man. But 
getting them <laughs> those, and I was like, that would actually be pretty awesome. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Getting I mean, them I think on a lot more for people... the first time. <laughs> yes. I think a lot more people would tune in. That monkey, like, meme looking. <laughs> yeah. So, Oscar nominations are out. Everyone has gotten a chance to see this, so we won't dive into all that. But mm-hmm. just talking about Best Picture nominations, we've got yeah. 10, which is the max. So they, Wow. You know, I don't remember. They've given us a lot of choice. Have they done 10 kind of the past several years? Just max you know, it I've, out? It's been I feel 10 for like, a while. Yeah, yeah, we've we've talked about how it was 10, I think, last year on the podcast. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be. Like there could be five. But I guess mm-hmm. now I don't know if it's What's up? Something in the air? Is there just more more film to be seen and uh best pictured or No, the the issue was <sighs> Dark Knight. Dark Knight started because it's been it had been five for a really long time, is my understanding. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. like it didn't have to be an exact number, but it was around five, is my mm-hmm. understanding. And then when Dark Knight did not get Best Picture, it was like all hell broke loose. Mm-hmm. Oh hell and yeah! And so they added ten. Is just to me, it's just too many. Yeah, it's you're inundated with at least choices. Or I mean, there all of these films that are on here are good in their own rights, but uh, you know, yeah, whittle it down just a it's slight so bit hard more. To you go know, to the freaking AMC Oscar movie thing now because you got to watch 10 movies that's like almost 30 hours probably who's got time for Mm -hmm. that yeah and don't get me wrong like i'm not saying none of these are deserving like Mm -hmm. i think it i think it's so cool that anybody gets nominated for an oscar Mm -hmm. uh except green book um (laughs) but like these you know these 10 films are deserving in some way so i'm not Mm -hmm. saying that any of these producers that are listed you know, like it's not like I don't want them to get nominated. I just think ten is like it's just kind yeah. of an absurd number. It's almost like they can't truly make up their mind. Yeah, because really, there's ten, but there's probably only like five that yeah. are even like contenders in terms of yeah votes, and you can kind of look at other awards and see where people are winning and not that that's always true but it's a good uh understanding like for instance coda mm-hmm. it's not gonna win yeah is it a good movie probably i really want to see it actually and i think it's a great movie about the deaf community and bringing light to that and what that life's like mm-hmm. but it's not gonna win like, there's no way. It's got so many contenders to go right. up against. Uh, I think Belfast. Not going to win. Yeah, yeah. Charming movie, I hear. Also wanted to see it. Actually, mm-hmm. because, one, it's so short. It's hard to find a movie that's under two hours and ten minutes these days. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's just go through them and then we can kind of talk about it. So, Belfast. Don't mm-hmm. look up. Dune, Licorice Pizza, The Power of the Dog, Coda, Drive My Car, King Richard, Nightmare Alley, and West Side Story. Yeah. Out of all of those, what are the top five? Because I think we all know which ones 
are actually in the running here. Well, we can start by knocking one off, uh, which I know a lot of people are just absolutely up in flames about this one. Uh, don't look up. <laughs> a lot of people are just rioting about how this one got chosen for best picture. And, you know, I saw it. I It's very stylized Adam McKay. And, you know, for me, I, I did not enjoy it uh, that much. I thought it was, it had its moments. Yeah. And it kept, it kept me engaged, but it kept hitting the same nail on the head, like, and throwing it in the face, almost like, you know, the pop-ups and everything. Uh, so, yeah, for me, I feel like Don't Look Up just definitely is not going to get it. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but I've heard that sentiment. Yeah, I've not seen several of these, um, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Let's um, take a minute to blast AMC for not putting these in theaters yet mm-hmm. in areas that aren't New York and LA. Like, where's Drive My Car at? Come on now. Oh, yeah. HBO well, March 2nd. It, it is about to come out, yeah. It's about to hit HBO. That's a whole other thing. But actually, cool. I'm glad because yeah. I'll get a chance to watch it. Yeah, I, I think the five would be Dune, Power of the Dog, Belfast. Really? Yeah. Okay. Licorice, licorice Pizza. Drive my Maybe, car? Yeah, see, I don't know because I haven't seen that. I want, so. I, I want to say that one, and if not that one, I would say probably King Richard or West Side Story, depending on how people leaned. Yeah. Um, with like Spielberg or here's the thing: like I've not seen King Richard, and maybe mm-hmm. it's good, but that's that movie is just not my type of movie. Yeah, um, I don't traditionally like biopic type films. Mm-hmm. Um, they speaking of like hitting the nail over the head. They kind of just hit like a a note over and yeah. over, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I think there's like a clear three, yeah. But I do think Belfast, and I've not seen Belfast, but just on paper, it's like your classic Oscar film. Mm-hmm. I think, at least from the perspective that Kenneth Branagh, being the director, and kind of building his portfolio to this point has a strong like contention with that. Mm-hmm. Also, I guess being the producer on it. Um it might be his time. I just I really I think it's down to probably probably three of them, but different than yours a little bit. I think the power of the dog, Dune and Drive My Car. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen Drive My Car, but you just kind of feel like how Parasite snuck in. You kind of yeah. get that. This is a Japanese film, though. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what it's about. I haven't been able to see it yet, it, obviously. I think it's got something to do with cars. It's a sequel, it's a sequel to Dude, Where's My Car? <laughs> Sweet. He found the car and he's driving. <laughs> that would be amazing. 
Yeah, I think drive. I've heard so many good things about drive my car. I've heard so many people gushing over it, but at the same time, it's been it hasn't been over here. Yeah, in where America. did they see it? It's been elsewhere. I I believe Japan. I don't know if it was local to Japan or if it was uh, international, other elsewhere. Right. Uh, but I just know that um, it just hasn't caught on here because of showings. Yeah. So I mean, I'm sure it, it played at huge festivals. Yeah, which is yeah, why yeah. You, why you heard so much buzz about it? Yeah, there were a lot of people that were going to festivals, and all of these big reviewers and industry folks talking about it. So that's why I was hearing so much because I I feel like I follow a lot, uh, at least people that talk in that community. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's it's up there for some of those reasons, but really. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it yet. We were talking about it before the show. The Power of the Dog, it's won like mm-hmm. almost 180, maybe close to 200 awards. Mm-hmm. It's Not sweeping bad. It's sweeping everything. So if that's any consolation, which I think it is, I don't know if there's really actually any competition here unless there's just that underdog sweetheart. Mm-hmm. I want to pivot real quick. How many different categories do you think Kenneth Branagh has been nominated in at the Oscars? How many different categories? Uh, as in like over time at or? Least yeah, three, yeah, his career. I think. Okay. Acting and I would directing. say at least one. <laughs> you think one? Three, you said? <laughs> at least I don't one. know if he's been lead and supporting, but let's say three. He is the first person nominated in seven Oscar categories. Really? Seven oh, wow. what are they? different categories. The man mm. works. You got to give it mm. to him. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's been a staple in the industry for you a long time. You know what the time. problem is, though? I got a sour taste in my mouth when he made freaking uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Orient, yeah. I didn't like it at all. I fell asleep, and it just it soured Same. him for me, and it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Like, he was in freaking Dunkirk and some of these... Other movies I love, and he's directed other good stuff, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll let it slide. Yeah, <laughs> Death on the Nile is it good? I don't know. I haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. It's got a canceled boy in it, so. Dude, that's like the most problematic cast ever assembled. Like the Avengers <laughs> of problematic casting. <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> And it wasn't anyone's fault. It's like, because I'm sure they filmed it like two years ago right. or, or longer. Yeah. But didn't pan when, out. when all those names pop up, it's just like, yoinks. Zoinks. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. What were the categories for Kenneth Brona, not Kenneth Jackson? But Kenneth Jackson, one not day. Yet. <laughs> uh, let's see. Picture, director, screenplay. Oh, okay. Best, best actor. Best live action short film, adapted screenplay, and supporting actor. Dang. That's everything outside of the technical categories. Dude, if he can like do hair and makeup, he probably would. <laughs> like like a visual hair and makeup brought to you by. Yeah. Wow. There's gotta be I mean, that's like the that's gotta be a coined thing now, the Brenna. 
Yeah. Like getting seven in different. Mm-hmm. What's that called crazy, when you dude. get like a Tony Oscar? And he a, got. Yeah. He's going to have a whole other thing. Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. Yeah. That's actually cool. Well, knowing that fact, which I didn't know. Yeah. Maybe it's his time. That's why you bring me on, man. Yeah. Yeah. Hit. Bringing in these little razzle dazzle. <laughs> <laughs> Sprinkling in there. <laughs> We mentioned, well, we talked about it a little bit ahead of the podcast, Licorice Pizza. Mm-hmm. Paul Thomas Anderson, like, his name is thrown out there and there's all, there's an Oscar, like, somewhere right. waiting for him. Yeah. Maybe not so much with this one. I mean, we we talked about it a little bit before, but and I think we all share the same sentiment, is that... I just do not, I, I did not really enjoy this film. And now. I do not a, share that sentiment. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> All right, fine. I'm, I, I'm digging my hole deeper. I'm, uh, I don't know I'm where I was during that conversation, but no. Uh, anyways, my, my opinion was I think it's a really good film and it's really well made. I just, the story took me out of it. I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't with the story. I think it's a vibe, dude. I think the same thing that Ken didn't mention, but why we kind of felt the same is just that kind of weird age difference between yeah. the characters. It, yeah, I don't know. It just, I didn't, I don't know if it was because it was made a point that they were a different age. Maybe if they mm-hmm. hadn't. You know, mention that it wouldn't really been a thing for me. Honestly, I mean, I'm sure it wouldn't have I, been because I wouldn't have known that they were different ages, like that different. I can, I, I can understand I why it was done. I can understand why it was done and why they're different ages is because it shows the dynamic between uh, being older uh, and then just you know, I don't. Like coming into being, your own. Yeah, coming into your own uh, from young and then being probably like, it's a bunch of similarities. I can see why it was done uh, thematically. It's just, sure, man, yeah. it, while I was watching it, I just couldn't. I, like, you can't take away, you can't take away the age. And I know that you're not trying to, but yeah. like, it's yeah. it's almost the whole point. And yeah. if you're watching it and thinking anything other than, you know, this, what, she's close to 30, right? She's like 26 or something. Something like that, yeah. And she's the one that doesn't have her life together. Right. That's what, that's like the irony is you have this little punk 16-year-old who thinks he's hot, hot stuff. Mm -hmm. And she's, you know, she gravitates toward that because she does not know what she wants to do with her life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he comes in like night in, you know, in weird shining armor (laughs) Yeah. And she just like attaches herself to him. Like that mm-hmm. line where she's like, do you think it's weird I hang out with Gary and his 15-year-old friends all the time? Mm-hmm. I think it's weird I hang out with Gary and his 15-year-old friends all the time. Yeah. It's like that encompasses yeah. her whole thing. Right. And it's funny because I was telling y'all earlier, I don't think I've met really anyone in my group that enjoyed that movie. Yeah, And I... Very few films do I watch, and I'm just like, I could watch this for like 30 hours. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
I mean, I just okay. could watch this all week. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is, but like, he just set a, a tone mm-hmm. that I was just all the way in on. Well, I think on paper, like when you describe it, like I'm, I'm here for it. I, I like that difference and the fact that she is kind of like trying to figure out life and he for some reason is like this famous child actor and like has his life kind of together and it's like a freaking he has like 17 businesses in this movie (laughs) and like on paper i like all that stuff and -hmm. i don't know why it didn't translate to actually seeing it there is a whole like uproar about the age gap on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny to me because like to me it was like a non-issue. Did you guys see right. Red Rocket? No. Uh, no, I, I know that's got the same issue. Yeah. Dude, that movie has that issue times a million. Really? Mm-hmm. And no one talked about it. And it didn't bother me mm-hmm. there either because it's like, dude, it's fiction. Right. Or what like Lolita is not like that's a whole other thing, but you know what I mean. It's <laughs> yeah. like it, it it's not condoning anything. Yeah, it might mm-hmm. be manipulating you a little bit. You know. Yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. the issue. Those is people don't, they can't come into it with that mindset for some reason. Yeah, I think for me, it I it was an uphill battle for me to forget about that. At the same time, it was just the romance that got me. And I think it's just because of the way I view, uh, like, a relationship. You know, I understand there's age gaps, 100%, 40-year-old with a 20-year-old, okay. Right, and like six years, it would have been fine. Like, everyone would have been like, oh, yeah, like It's not an issue. Um, But for me, it was, man, if you're under that 18-year-old mark, I'm just... I'm just, it's a no go for me, and that's just from my my societal point of view. Um, and I know there are plenty of stories that can be told about that, and uh, really well told. Yeah, but it just was a caveat for me the entire time. I think I did like though that it didn't really get romantic. Mm-hmm. I think I saw it more as a um. Almost like that friend you're not supposed to have or, Mm -hmm. you know, not like, you know, uh, I don't know, redeeming love where it's like long lost lovers and like it wasn't that. So Mm -hmm. I was glad about that because it's just how it was played off. And right. um, So, yeah, I did like that that was the dynamic. It just, I don't know, I think it was wrapped in a weird packaging for me, and I don't know if I mm-hmm. even know exactly why. Because yeah. I wanted to like it. Mm-hmm. But you didn't. <laughs> but I didn't. I, I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but I hate that feeling when you really want to like something, whether it's because everyone else likes it or, you know, you get someone that you really trust, they tell you it's awesome, then you go watch it and it feels like a turd. Yeah. I don't know what, I don't know how to, I don't know why that happened. I don't know. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think especially when it's something that for me is, you know, granted the age gap, but to me, it's a pretty general audience film. And so, like, because yeah. I, I remember when I saw Hereditary, I was like, dude, like, I know it's not really your thing, but you got to go see Hereditary. And you were just like, not, not, no. Yeah. And I was like, but like, I understand, you know, like, I, I get it. It's for sure not for everybody. Um, but with something like this, and I keep likening it whenever I talk about licorice pizza to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, because to me, they have such a similar, I just want to exist in this place. Yeah. And so many of my friends just did not vibe with that one either. They were like, it's boring. He's just in the car driving around the whole time. And I was like, if you don't want to be in the movie theater with Brad Pitt driving around for three hours, I don't know what to say. Yeah. And I know that feeling because I have that with you for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm like, the 30 hours all week, like, let's go. I'm going to watch that. And yeah, it's a great feeling. So I'm glad you got that with that movie. Cause I mean, how often does that happen? Yeah, man, it's fun. And, and I like, I think I'm at the point and I think you are too a little bit. It, nothing really excites me more than when someone digs a movie that I don't. I mean, there's a part of me because it's like, that's what, that's what movies are for. They're not made for me. Yeah. You know, you can watch something and feel like it was made for you. That's also fun. Right. But when you are getting something that I'm not, what a testament to the director, you know? Yeah. I'm starting to get to that point too. I know when I was younger I used to be more like you like that movie, that's stupid. Like I don't like that movie. How can you like that movie? And that's just like an immature thing, I guess. But now it's like, I think probably because of our friendship, I I know you like a lot of movies that I don't, specifically horror movies. I almost never want to see any of them. And that's like in your top five, like all of them, or like half of them will be horror movies. And I'm like, no. But the fact that you and sometimes I just want to watch them just because yeah. I know how much he likes it. And yeah. there, there is something that makes me like it a little bit more, knowing that, mm -hmm. despite the fact yeah. that it's not going to be in my top 10. Yeah, it's going to be uh, hard for you to sit through. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's how it is for me. You know, I, I have learned so much. Um, you know, it's like I grew up in these last few years. I learned some stuff <laughs> and I figured out that, you know, rankings... Like film, like if you go on YouTube and you look up top 10 films of the year, all of those are not scientifically set in stone. They're not. Uh, <laughs> for me in the past, I would base my entire personality off of a single YouTube video uh, of, oh, these are the top 10. You can't say anything about it because I would be like, oh, I agree with this person. He speaks very well. I like his opinions. I'm going to go with that. Now I'm like... I'll, the amount of times I'll listen to a top 10, I was listening to one in German and because I'm learning German and God, he was talking about the worst films of the year and he was throwing, throwing some in there that I'm like, 
are you listening to yourself? Like, you know, and so I'm like, all right, I, I guess he might do, be doing it for the clicks, but that's his own personal opinion. That's <laughs> he can't actually fine. like them. He's got to be doing it for the clicks. <laughs> he's, do, he's doing it for clicks. He's not, there's no other way. Uh, but, you know, same thing goes for top tens. If someone says they really like a movie, I don't like it. I'm like, okay, that's yeah. fine. It wasn't up. It was not for me. And so, yeah, I definitely agree. Like unfriend someone because they liked the movie that you did. Yeah, just like uh, me getting canceled for saying <laughs> that Dune was eh. So I think for me, the because I was saying nothing like excites me more than when someone digs a film that I you know I just didn't get whatever they got. Mm-hmm. But when it, I guess I don't feel that way as much when the movie is obviously a missed opportunity or. Mm-hmm. obviously a cash grab and then it's being talked about so favorably or or, mm-hmm. or it's like in their top favorite film you know if it's in your favorite films man like more power to you but like for me yeah i guess i'm just looking for something more or like mm-hmm. like a good example is and i could have used this earlier reminiscence with hugh jackman cool like mm, I, I, yeah. I i knew in my heart of hearts that it was going to be not great but i mm-hmm. wanted it to be really good yeah. yeah. And dude, it's such a missed. It's such a missed mm-hmm. opportunity. Man, yeah. I that premise and that idea for a film was right up my alley, you know, as a fan of Blade Runner. Hell yeah. I mm-hmm. love that aesthetic, that vibe. Yeah. But yeah. So if somebody just was like, "Oh, Reminiscence, that's like top 3." I would have I would be like, what did you see, man? Yeah. What did you see? Because yeah. I missed that. We, we must have yeah. missed. I, I didn't get the memo. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it can it can be cool, you know. I mean, it's like that's that's yeah. It's not sports. There's not a winner and loser, you know. Mm-hmm. So, except at the box, yeah, your letter. <laughs> that's true. I think that goes to say your letter boxed really defines your personality. So yeah, for sure. <laughs> so. Wrapping things up, end it with, and I already spoiled mine, I think, but who you think is going to win Best Picture? And then we'll just kind of throw a few nuggets for what we're looking forward to mm-hmm. in 2022. Um, mine, the one that I think that's going to win uh, Best Picture, I, I think I agree with both of you, is I think it's going to be the power of the dog. I need to watch it again because first watch, you know, I thought it was well made, but not really up my alley. Um, but I got to watch that again. I think that, I think that one's highly, uh, contentious for number one. And I would love to see, I mean, I need to still watch it, drive my car, but another foreign film being up there for best picture. I'd love to see that. I think of all the movies I've seen, so, which are like, what, four? <laughs> but Dune, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, West Side Story. If any of those won, mm-hmm. I'd be stoked. Yeah. Those are all great, great movies. I think Power of the Dog, Man. just everything I'm reading is going to win. Yeah. But. Oh, I'd love for Nightmare Alley, but I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> How ridiculous would that be? And that That'd would be, be nice. the upset of the century. <laughs> I was surprised to see it there. I... I I don't know. Maybe he's. Yeah, I, I was. Because everyone thought that that was going to be House of Gucci or something like that. Oh. Which yeah. I fell asleep in. Really? I thought it was a fun watch. It's definitely a TV watch. The second half, mm-hmm. much more captivating. Yeah. First half. I just, 
I just remember like watching it and thinking, if this is on TV, I'm just gonna watch it until Jared Leto pops up. Because and, <laughs> and I know that out. he's he's had just a range of people hating and not liking him, but God Almighty, he is so funny in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's such a contrast to everything going on in that movie, which is fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's gonna be Power of the Dog, but honestly I would love to see West Side Story win. And only yeah. because it's a master class in filmmaking. Mm-hmm. I know it's wrapped in the bow and in the present that is a musical. So we lost half of everyone right off the bat. I get it. Mm-hmm. And we lost another 25% because it's a remake. How dare you touch the original property? But man, in my opinion, it's better. In mm-hmm. all categories, it's more uh, relevant, and like there's some <laughs> there's some parts from the original one that are not they didn't age well, like racially and things like that. And the the, mm-hmm. the new one doesn't focus on that. It's more about actually the unity of these groups and like celebrating their differences, and the fact that it's mm-hmm. okay to be different. And yeah, Spielberg, like you never even know, but he is the master of wonders. He's made so many beautiful wonders that no one ever talks about because they're so seamless and perfect. He Mm -hmm. just he knows what he's doing with a camera and a story. And (laughs) yeah, I would love to see that happen. Probably won't. No one went to see it anyway, so I don't know. He's been nominated for yeah. Best Director in six different decades. That's nuts. Amazing. <laughs> for that reason alone, just in case some tragic accident happens, let's have him win in this decade. Yeah. <laughs> I think he has a good shot maybe segueing into the 2022 thing because he's doing basically an autobiography. Yeah. Mm. What's that one called again? Does it have a title yet? I think it's called The Fablemans. Okay. Yeah. I am really excited for that one. Mm-hmm. Among several others. Ken, what yeah. do you have? I know one. Well, yeah, you already know the first one. It's going to be The Batman. Which is fun because it'll be, this is coming out right before that drops. So. That's right. We, uh, we get to have some Batman. Uh, hype going into whenever this is. It's going to be the week before, right? Yeah, I think so. Week before the Batman drops. So, you know, I need to hurry up and order my bat suit so I can <laughs> go to the a theater. <laughs> um, but yeah, I can't, I can't wait to see that one. Man, I just going to throw it out here. Um, it's been a... I think I've told you about this, Trey, uh, Gavin, probably heard it through the grapevine, but me and my roommate, Jeff, he, uh, he was saying that he didn't know if it was going to be up to snuff because it was a March release. And I was like, I told him he was smoking crack. (laughs) You tripping, you tripping. Like you, you literally watch the trailer and you tell me that's going to be, that's going to be garbage. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. We've already. 
His argument wasn't even box office. It was just, I don't think it's going to be good mm. because it's coming out in March. And I was like, yeah, that was, that, that was literally a, doesn't make any sense. And we've already yeah. seen a scene from it and it's awesome. <sighs> I'm ready. Yeah. I know. One for me, and this is just my blind loyalty. I'll go see anything that this man puts his name on. Babylon from Damien Chazelle. Ah, yes, yes, yes. I think that's still coming out in 2022. Um, someone would have to fact check me on that. December 25th. Beautiful. So, so to, it's uh, barely making the 2020. That's prime Oscar contention release time frame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that doesn't always mean. I mean, honestly, there's 10 more months of the year where we watch movies that we love that probably aren't going to mm-hmm. be in the Oscar talk. So I don't really care when a movie comes out. Mm-hmm. Except Top Gun. I didn't want to see that at Christmas time between me and you guys. It's a summer movie, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Any, any others? Well, we're getting brand new um, Jordan Peele. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. Cronenberg, nope. Scorsese, Terrence Malick. Day. Uh, I mm. mean, uh, Henry Selleck, he's a big stop-motion guy. David Fincher, uh, Jeremy Saulnier, or Saulnier, however you say that. Mm-hmm. Green Room, Blue Ruin is are the movies he's done. Um, Avatar. Yeah. Already mentioned Spielberg, The Northman. So we're getting new Ari Aster and Eggers. Mm-hmm. What's Ari Aster um, doing? It's called Disappointment Boulevard. It's with Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, like, not even low-key, probably my most anticipated, new Spider-Verse. Right. Oh, yeah. Dude, like, that was game-changer. Spider-Verse was just next level. Yeah. So, I'm excited about that one. Yeah. Nice. I think uh, just to... Touch into the animated world. Lightyear looks interesting. Mm-hmm. Not sure if I'm gonna like it because I don't usually like when things kind of veer off the normal course, like yeah. what this is doing. Kind of a origin story, but it's got promise. The trailers are awesome, so mm-hmm. could be there. Mm. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Fincher in there, and I, I had no idea that Fincher was going to have a film coming yeah, out. Yeah, it's called The Killer. The Killer. I see that, and I see it's got Mr. Fastbender and Tilda Swinton, so... I'm ready. Mm. <laughs> mm. That's already stuck. I'm just glad he's doing movies again. Yeah. Like, Mindhunter, it's great stuff, but... Mm-hmm. It, well, he did Mank, I guess. He's not... Yeah, he had Mank but, come out. Which... Mank was a Netflix gig as well, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Yep. So this is going to be his second outing He's with like Netflix. Tied his yep. cart to them. Why wouldn't mm. you? I mean, they got they got budget, so they're like need two hundred million. Here yeah, we'll just slide that. Uh, I saw that Netflix is doing like they acquired the rights to Bioshock. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting only. Yeah, interesting only if they get like one of three directors. Yeah. yeah. One of them I can already think yeah. of. <laughs> We've already talked about him multiple right. times. It's got to be someone that plays in that camp a lot. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Netflix, The Gray Man, 
Ryan Gosling, yeah, Green Man, the Russo brothers directing, Chris Evans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know much, but Ryan Gosling, I'm there. Ryan Gosling, yeah, you've already hooked yeah. me. I thought it was cool. You know, it's it's not an anticipated film. It's just it's just a yeah. film that I'm gonna leave it up to who to uh interpretation but ambulance is coming out as well so that's one that i think <laughs> this is what's gonna happen with ambulance i want to watch it so bad now because it's michael bay yeah. explosions and <laughs> lens flares yes. and i'm here for it but i'm gonna get let down and it's gonna be one more time where jake john hall wasn't used to his full potential in a movie and I walked out disappointed. <laughs> yes. Um, but I think that pretty much wraps it up. Yeah. Man, what a what a fiftieth with fiftieth fiftieth. How do you say fiftieth? <laughs> fiftieth. Hanging upside down. Uh, <laughs> hanging upside down. When I saw that, I literally I'm I'm what sorry. What was the point of that? Uh, it, I don't know. It's the it's, funniest it's thing. It's his music video. Oh, that's okay. That in makes the club. Sense. Yeah, it starts with him upside down. I've actually never seen the music video. Mm. I've listened Boy. a bunch because that was like on my repeat for a while. But no, that that is the fiftieth episode. We uh, obviously appreciate Gavin coming on and talking movies with us and what he liked and didn't like and is looking forward to. Yeah. Thank you for keeping us straight, Gavin. Yeah, dude. Keeping us yeah, anytime. Straight and narrow. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll venture back into the movie drafts in the future. So, mm-hmm. those are still a thing. Yes. But yeah, if that's uh, that's all we got. So I guess we'll wrap it up. That's it. We're done. All right. Wait. wait uh, <laughs> <goodbye>. <laughs> I'm kidding. No. Um. Yeah. It's good catching up with you. Yeah. Yeah, you man. Guys have fun. All right, brother. Later. Peace. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to our 50th episode. It's mm. crazy to think that we've recorded this many in this short period of time. I think we started in 2020, actually. Yeah, we started in 2020. So, through all the craziness of life and everything that's been going on, we hope that we've brought some joy excitement laughter perhaps some tears don't know it's been emotional at times been some tear jerking moments yeah only good things to our listeners you guys so we love you we thank you for tuning in every other week and listening to what we have to say and to the guests that we have on and learning some fun facts yeah and I am I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Of course, thank you to Gavin for coming on. You know, he we we love having Gavin on and he's definitely a dynamic character when it comes to me and Trey. Uh, I feel like personally I like to uh, I'll, I'll say some things and then I'll kind of be like, you know, I, I agree with you. So it can be very amicable yeah. at times. Trey, you know, Gavin, he definitely is. Uh, and we we just love to talk about potential disagreements things we it just brings a nice dynamic to everything yeah. and He's uh, one of those guys too just that gives us he can almost convince you 
of his stance mm-hmm. because he's so passionate. Yeah, he, You're like, well, yeah. freak, maybe I just didn't look at it the right way. I don't know. <laughs> I need to go check that out again. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, really fun. Hope you enjoyed it. Let us know what you think about all of your, what you liked in 2021, some of your upsets maybe when it comes to the Oscar nominations, what your opinion on the best picture is, the hottest takes, am I canceled? <laughs> Let me know uh, by sending us an email to cityvibescast at gmail.com and tell me all about how uh, my accounts are now canceled <laughs> everywhere. Uh, but... You know, what's not canceled is our Instagram, which is CineVibesCast. You type in CineVibesCast on Gmail. You type it in on Instagram. You know, Instagram, it's there. It's perfectly nice. That's streamlined. That's what we did. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. So check us out on there. Go back and listen to one of our other 49 episodes if you made it this far. Mm -hmm. And. We don't think you'll be uh, disappointed, but obviously that's up to you to decide. And we hope you do. And you listen to some other ones. And here's to the next 50 as we blaze our trail in this massively saturated podcast field where everyone that has a microphone is making one. (laughs) Yes. And with that being said, thank you so much again for listening. And we are out.